Another volume of The Flash is out. Does that mean more sorrow, suffering, and anguish for Barry Allen? Find out as we look at The Flash, Volume 5, Negative, straight ahead. Welcome to the Classy Comics Podcast, where we search for the best comics in the universe. From Boise, Idaho, here is your host, Adam Graham. The Flash is the comic series that I've been reading the longest. Uh, It was actually the only series I regularly read during DC's New 52 era. And I liked a lot of the ideas Josh Williamson came up with in the early issues of the series. But it seems like the series has taken a slightly more negative turn uh, with uh, Kid Flash breaking away from uh, Barry. Of course, Kid Flash in this case, the, the younger Wally West. And in the last volume, he faced Reverse Flash and... Uh, ended up winning, but Iris learned his secret identity, feels very betrayed, and at the same time, he received powers from the Negative Speed Force, thus the title of this volume and of the first two-issue story. Barry Allen's life has been off-kilter. In fact, all he needs is to have a dog that dies, and he's a country music song. I was hoping that this volume would mark a turn for our hero, a sort of uh, recovery from all of the uh, negativity. But that doesn't happen in the first two issues in this book, issues 28 and 29 negative, which focuses on his inability to control his powers and his increasing frustration with it. Um, There is uh, a certain grittiness to the story that some people will like, uh, but this is a case of should the Flash really be gritty? And the answer is not on a regular basis. Plus, Barry's uh, kind of the focus of this is you've got these villains, the Road Reavers, who are not much of a challenge at all, which whether you're looking at comic books or you're looking at television, a popular tactic with The Flash is when you want to focus on a character, you give a really lightweight supervillain. Uh, but the problem with this book is it's not so much character focus as navel gazing. And Barry, I'm sorry to say, comes off as a bit whiny uh, as the story progresses. He and his team at uh, Central City PD are uh, also tasked with looking into uh, some theft of uh, blood uh, evidence from uh, the evidence lockup. The little progress is made on that until the next story, uh, Blood Work, where he does find uh, the villain behind the lab thefts after a scene where he just absolutely uh, blows up at his team. It's a real prima donna moment and not really uh, fun to read. It's just totally the antithesis of the character. But I will say that in blood work, there is a sort of turning uh, about for Barry as uh, 
as one of his co-workers, Kirsten, confronts him and tries to calm him down and is concerned because she had a friend who went through a bad breakup and committed suicide. And even the supervillain fight here, I will give Williamson uh, some credit because the fight really does... Uh, create a situation where Barry has to confront his own demons because much of what the supervillain uh, who is behind this or who is created by this is doing uh, calls to mind a lot of Barry's issues. The supervillain isn't the greatest, but I think it's clever and it it does give this character a uh, relatable origin story. The series also features the young Wally West stepping up and offering to put aside the, his differences with Barry to help uh, train Barry uh, to balance out the negative speed force powers so that Barry can use his powers without them ripping apart the city, which had been kind of a problem with his inability to control them. So I like that and I like the general direction that they're taking the young Wally West character. The final issue in the book, uh, full story, issue 32, actually establishes uh, kind of a new status quo. Uh, while Wally is willing to work with Barry as Kid Flash, uh, their relationship outside of crime fighting is still pretty cool, and that uh, is a pain point and something that needs to be worked on. At the same time, as a result of Barry's sort of prima donna antics and general misbehavior, uh, his Captain Singh transfers him to Iron Heights, where he and Kirsten will be on site CSIs who will secure any crime scenes that happen until Central City PD can show up. And honestly, this sounds like one of two things. Either one, this is a pretext for keeping an eye on the warden, or number two, the police union want a deal. And this is kind of like those rubber rooms where uh, they send... Uh, problematic teachers in New York City uh, until they can actually work through the very lengthy process to terminate their contracts. However, when we meet the warden, we find a lot of suspicious things are going on around Iron Heights that makes us think that really Singh was uh, trying to make sure that he had someone on the inside as well as uh, providing some discipline to Barry. The warden allows the rogues to run about the prison wearing their supervillain outfits, as well as to stage fights in the middle of the common area, all to send the message that they will not reform and change and that they are who they are. And they also have male and female prisoners in the same uh, population. So there is some weird stuff going on at Iron Heights, and this issue kind of sets up what may be some future storyline opportunities. And it ends with someone from earlier in Joshua Williamson's run returning. There's a Christmas short, and it is about 
Barry helping a little girl stranded in the airport get home for uh, Christmas, and also Barry and Wally getting together. It's uh, uh, the older Wally, I should say. It is a bit sappy and sentimental, but gosh, after the recent run of stories, uh, Barry Allen could stand something like that. Overall, I thought the writing on this is fair to good. I think that he may, Williamson may have gone too negative too long with Barry, but I kind of see a lot at the end and left the book feeling slightly more positive towards the ultimate trajectory of the book. Although at times it felt like Williamson was trying to show us how he could write for Batman rather than the Flash. I think it balances out and that we do have at least a positive upward tilt. I think there's always a danger when you put your heroes through a very negative situations. Because heroes have to be challenged. They have to face obstacles and suffer, and that's all fine. Uh, but if you go on too long, you have something like Brian Michael Bendis' run on Daredevil, which, while it could have these brilliant moments, it was just so dark and depressing, and that is the reputation. Uh, the art, though, really does cost the book. It's inability to maintain a consistent art feel. Uh, it uh, had five artists in the course of five issues and a Christmas special. That gives the book a kind of inconsistent feel to it. It's not all bad, certainly, but none of it is great, and there are a couple of issues that I have issues with. Carmine de Gindamonico uh, drew the first issue, and it is just unpleasant to look at. Uh, the way the characters look, it's just, it's like an indie comic artist uh, that's really trying too hard to be gritty, and the result is just it's unpleasant to look at, I think is the best way I'd describe the art in issue 28. Neil Goge provided the penciling on issue 30, uh, most of issue 31, and then the Christmas special. And his art isn't bad in terms of it's very clean looking, but he has a very weird way of drawing bodies uh, with uh, just the proportions looking wrong and everybody looking so skinny. It's not a great feel for a superhero book. With the slight turn in Barry's character arc, I might tend to uh, view this more favorably with better art. But as it is, I'm going to have to rate this book not classy and hope that in future volumes we'll see a return for to classiness for the f fastest man alive. All right, well, that will do it for now. If you do have a comic, send it to me, classycomicsguy at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at ClassyComicsGuy and check out the website ClassyComicsGuy.com where we now have full transcripts of recent episodes and we're working to get uh, transcripts in place for all past episodes. Also, if you're really enjoying the podcast, be sure and rate us on iTunes or Stitcher. It's truly appreciated. But for now, from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.